welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thank you. Thank you so much. Glad to be on. Uh, we're both Louisiana girls. We're just like a couple hours from each other That's right now. That's right. So Go Tigers, right? Gotta represent. Yeah, absolutely. And Burrow, we're getting to watch. We get to kind of like just keep watching it. I know. This is actually so fun. I, it I, is. Um, I will say I've never been super into football, but when Joe Burrow was the quarterback at LSU, I did get really into it and we went to the games and everything. And so now I'm like, I'm a part of this. Yeah, it's. I think Louisiana is like an honorary Bengals fan, like yeah, totally. now because we're just getting to watch him do the same thing he did here, and it's amazing. Totally. So when we're recording, your book came out yesterday. Congratulations, a new book baby out in the world. Yes. And this is who are you following? Will you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So who are you following? Like she said, came out yesterday, which is so exciting. I wrote this book not even that long ago, last summer. So it was kind of a fast turnaround. But it felt like a really timely message, honestly. This book is hopefully a tool for people to navigate through social media in a biblical way, which I don't think is out there yet. You know, I think that there is so much with social media, honestly, that is a great thing. Social media can be used as an incredible tool, but there's also so much with social media that can be such a negative thing and have such a negative impact on us as a generation, as a whole, as individuals. And I just felt like, you know, there's little wisdom when it comes to how to navigate social media because the older generation didn't have social media. So it's not like they're, you know, have all their wisdom and they're speaking into us and saying, oh, when I was young, this is what we did. There's none of that, you know, and mm-hmm. they're actually asking us how to use social media. <laughs> and we're blindly leading with no wisdom and no discernment. And and it shows, you know, mm-hmm. and we see the effects of that. And so I'm like, okay, not that I have all the answers, but I am a 24-year-old girl who's walked through some highs and lows of social media, and I love the Word of God. And I think that Jesus, even though He is fully God, is somehow so relatable and can speak so directly to some of these individual things that we're walking through with social media. And so wrote the book for that reason, put it out fast for that reason. And I really do hope that it helps people navigate this crazy world of social media. Yeah, last summer to today or yesterday, that's a fast turnaround in the it's book a fa- world. Oh, girl. And I started writing it like right before I had Honey and Honey was born in May and then I finished about August and then boom, it's out. So yeah. it, it was crazy. But I think what you said, I mean, this is a world that kind of is constantly changing and evolving and growing. And so I love that there was this like this importance. We need to get this out because this will need today. Yeah. So you said you're, you're 24 you come from a relatively like a famous family. So you have had kind of this warp speed experience with social media. So you kind of had to learn by fire probably. Oh, totally, totally (laughs) learned by fire. So yeah, my mom, you know, tried to shelter us in a sense when it came to social media. She only let us have a private account for a while. 
And then I think when I was 16, I started my public Instagram account and I got a pretty large following just because my family show. I think I had like 600,000 followers or something from Duck Dynasty alone. And then whenever Dance with the Stars happened, that's whenever my life took like a crazy turn. So literally within two months of being on that show, I went to like 1.6 million followers. So it was like a million followers in two months. And I'm only 17 years old, junior oh in high God. school. So yeah, talk about the fire. It was crazy. And navigating that can be so interesting. I kind of say it like this, you know, in a time where you're trying to figure out who you are, you know, when you're only 17 and you don't know who you are and having the whole world tell you who you should be or who they think you are or their perspective of you can totally mess you up and it can totally reshape what you think about yourself. And I don't think that's just for someone who has a million followers. I think that's anybody. I think anybody 100%. walking into the online space and allowing other people to tell them who they are before they're established in who they are can really be detrimental. And I think that's what a lot of us have done. I don't think it's detrimental in the sense that you can't change because look at me, here I am and I'm confident in who I am and I've taken a total life change. But, and so for the person listening, if you're like, shoot, that's me. I mean, I only have a thousand followers, but I'm totally changed as a person because of what people have said about me online, girl, you're not too far gone. You no. are not too lost in the big world. I mean, there's hope for everybody. But that is certainly something that social media has done. And walking through the fire like that was definitely a little crazy. Well, and you come from, like, your, your family's solid. You know, like, you had yeah. this benefit of having this backing of people who knew truth, who know truth. You know, you, I know you're surrounded by people who love you that know the truth. So think, like, I think about people who aren't even blessed enough to have that and are immersed in yeah. the social media world. I think about people navigating without Jesus. I'm like, I, I, I don't ever. I, I don't, don't even know. know. I genuinely don't know. I don't know. No, honestly, I, I thought about that so much when I was younger because, you know, people do get famous and they do the whole instant fame thing overnight. And like, you see them go absolutely crazy. You see them lose it. You see them go wild. And a lot of people have asked me like why they think, why I think I didn't do that. And I mm -hmm. think a huge part of it was because I wasn't alone. It wasn't yeah. like I just got famous randomly. It was my family did. And so we were all going through it together. So I was able to have conversations with my mom about what she was navigating through because she also just got like super famous, super fast. And I think that, but that is kind of a good example in and of itself of why I didn't lose it because I had a mentor, I had a mom, I had someone going mm -hmm. through it too. And that's why social media is not like that. Because we don't have that older person to call and say, what yeah. do I do? How do I handle this? And not that they can't try to speak wisdom. They can. And they will because they've gone through similar things that they right. can speak to from just practical advice from any stage of life. But I do think that there's this sense from a younger person saying, you don't understand, you know? Yes. But just because he wouldn't understand doesn't mean we can't still open our hearts to receive wisdom. Because I do think that that's a key, having a friend to talk to, having a mentor, having a family member to talk to, seeking out advice is the way to do things right. You know, yeah. we're built to be relational people and Absolutely. it helps us navigate life. Well, and this, this book really is offering that to people. One of the lines that I pulled from it, that was one of those things where you're like, huh, like it gets you in the chest <laughs> was the uh, being seen as the cheapest version of being known visibility will not fill your heart, fill your heart or nourish your spirit. Like yep. 
with the rise of social media, with, you know, Instagram and podcasts, quote unquote, fame or being seen is relatively attainable. So much more attainable than it was 10 years, you know, 10 years ago, we were still writing like handwriting letters to people fans. You know what I mean? And now we are accessible and we all like everybody can have a platform. And like you were saying, there's it's hand in hand. There are so many benefits to that. So many more people are having their stories heard and are sharing the things that they are walking through. But like, are you known or are you just being seen? And I know you have experience with that. I have a lot of experience with my, obviously my growth is nothing compared to yours, but in the last three years growing a platform, I had kind of my come to Jesus last summer of like, Ooh, like, am I being seen or am I letting people know me? Because the scene is easier. Scene is way easier and it definitely is the cheapest version. I'll say not even just in social media, but in life. It's so much easier to let yourself just be seen by people. And I remember one time feeling lonely, but I had so many people around me, like in my life. And I was like, why do I feel lonely? Like I have all these people. And so like, why am I lonely? And I remember, and maybe it was the Lord revealing this to me that I hadn't allowed any of them to know me. Like mm-hmm. I haven't shared with them the things I'm walking through. I haven't shared with them the things I struggle with. I haven't shared with them even the things I'm excited about because I was putting up this front, you know, that I, I have everything together and everything's cool and everything's happy because sometimes I just like things to be good, you know, and I don't yeah. want to be like a downer. Or I don't want to say the hard thing. And I just remember, you know, realizing that, man, it's not it's almost by choice that I'm lonely because mm. I'm the one not sharing my heart. And I remember just simply opening up to friends and immediately feeling known, immediately feeling mm. that love connection. And I think social media is a hard platform to feel completely known because you're never going to be completely known on social media, but mm. you can certainly be more known than just seen. And I just remember right after Dance with the Stars, I was kind of living this hypocritical lifestyle where I was in this relationship that was not good. It was just toxic and it wasn't just his fault. It was my fault too. We just did not have a good relationship, but online we were posting all these happy pictures and everyone was like goals and la la la. And I just remember feeling so empty in that time. And so honestly, just lonely because I'm like, man, like millions of people see me, but not one of them knows me. Like not, Mm -hmm. not even my friends, like nobody knows what I'm going through. And that's a terrible place to be in life. And I love to share that story, not because I love that that happened, but I love to share that story because I think people think if I had a million followers, I'd feel so loved. I'd feel like I had everything I wanted. I'd feel like I have this community and have these people and they love me. That's not the case. You could have millions of followers and feel like the loneliest person in the world. And we sound shocked by that. But if you go and watch celebrities interviews, it's almost, I mean, it's crazy how common that is that they'll say I'm so lonely or I don't have community or uh, I've been drinking way too much or I've been whatever it is because they're lonely. But you say, how are you lonely? You have all these people. And it's because they're seen, but not known. And the beauty of you know, being loved is the fact that you know that you're known, you know, the power behind that is, man, somebody knows me and they choose to love me. That's the freeing part of it. And that's why God's love is so powerful because you know that the God of the universe knows you so well. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows every thought you're thinking. He knows everything you've ever done. And he still chooses to love me. Like that's insane. (laughs) And that's, that's the power behind that real relationship by being known and then feeling the freedom of being loved as well. And I think that word choose, 
is so important. I remember the first time I experienced that concept that love isn't a feeling, like it's a Mm. choice Mm -hmm. in marriage, in relationships. And like God chooses, like he makes a like very rational, even if it doesn't make sense to me, choice to love me, even though he knows everything about wild. Yeah. It's crazy. You you touched on this a little bit of kind of the idea of image. You were talking about Dan Lewis stars and his relationship and kind of like you want people to think things are good. And I think that that's like another like kind of dark side of social media is perception. Totally. And even if you don't necessarily mean to like present this perception, it happens. And then you're like stuck. You're stuck in it. Yes. Yeah, you're I like, have to keep feeling. this up. <laughs> yes. I, mean, I just encourage people out there listening. Like if you feel stuck, like break it, like just yeah, bust out just of it. it. Like for me, like you have to realize you're in control of your social media. Social media will only be as healthy as you are because the beautiful thing about social media and the ironic thing about social media is that we have all the power of social media. Like right. you get to create your profile. You choose your picture, you choose your bio, you post the pictures you want to post. You follow the people you want to follow. You search the people that you want to search. You have full control. And so the only way it goes wrong is if you, you know. User error. <laughs> user error, yeah. And I think it's so easy to blame the platform, but you have to look in the mirror, yes. you know? Like yes. what perspective are you painting? What are you putting out there? And then we also have to look in the mirror at ourselves too on what perspective we're getting from other people. Like Mm. you have to use wisdom and know just because their life looks perfect, it's not perfect. You have to use wisdom and know just because her body looks awesome doesn't mean it's not filtered. You know, like use wisdom here, you know? So we're in charge of our perspective. We're actually, this is kind of a weird point that I'm about to make, but hang with me. Cause this, I think that this, this blew my mind one day. I'm so weird about like, if I start getting on a surge or something, I'll just Google it until I find mm-hmm. out something cool. So one day I was like, I wonder if every part of the body is connected by the flow of blood. Like if, if everyone gets its oxygen from blood, which I know is a weird thought, but I was oh, yeah. trying to make an analogy with the blood of Jesus. So I looked it up and it said, there's only one part of the body that doesn't get its oxygen from blood flow. And the part of the body is the cornea. It's the window of the eye. You know where it gets its oxygen from? The outside air. But it said the thing with the cornea is it's very easily damaged. If you get Mm -hmm. like a scratch or anything, it's very easily damaged, which shapes your perspective. And so what I took from that is there is one thing on our body that is affected by outside air and it gets its life from the outside and it's very easily tainted. And that's Mm -hmm. our perspective. And it's the same way with social media. It's so easy for us to know Jesus in our heart and love Jesus in our heart and want to live the life, but our perspective will kill us. It'll yes. take us down. I mean, it will reshape who we think we are and reshape the person that we're living to be. And so you definitely do have to guard your perspective and you have to use wisdom when it comes to your perspective because social media is all about image. It's created mm-hmm. to be that way. Mm-hmm. It's a place to post images and to look at images and to share images and to reshare images. And that's not a bad thing, but it right. becomes a bad thing when our perspective is damaged. I loved your response after you had honey, where people were kind of like, oh, like she bounced right back. She must not struggle. That must be nice. Like, <laughs> um, Hold up. Have a conversation about this because like, yeah, that's, it's it's perspective it's perception 
not only of yourself, but that other people have of you. Like if you maybe weren't in such a solid place, your response to that could have been, oh crap. Like I got to really, like I got to get it tight. Like people are, people are watching and people care. And instead you were so like, oh, like that's not Yeah, like actually, no. I think that's the thing. I talk about this sometimes. I'm all about people sharing their, the hard stuff. I, I agree that there is a balance to sharing the good and the bad. Yeah. But I also think there's boundaries to what we choose to share. No, it's like nothing is sacred. Yeah, just <laughs> because I'm not sharing a picture of my postpartum body online right. doesn't mean I'm trying to make y'all think I look awesome. To right. be honest, I just don't think anybody needs to see that except right. for me and my husband. That's just right. not something the world needs to see. That's a boundary for me. That's a line, you know, um, because what you post on the internet will be there forever. And exactly. to be honest, I don't necessarily need my kids to see my postpartum body all over the internet. That yeah. That's my boundary. I don't think it's bad for women to share it. I, I yeah. enjoy seeing it. I'm encouraged by it. I'm inspired by it. But for me personally, I don't feel the need to share that. And that doesn't mean I won't with the next kid. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll get some kind of urge to want to share. And that's awesome. Yeah. But we all have to follow our boundaries and we can't let our insecurity mm-hmm. be we can't let what other people choose to share or not share make us insecure. So for instance, if I choose to not share a picture of my straight up postpartum body and I wait a little bit and share when I look a little better, I'm covered and you can't really tell what's going on under there. Yeah. That shouldn't make you feel insecure. That exactly. shouldn't make you feel hurt. And I think that we need to take responsibility for our own lives to not let other people's weaknesses be something that make us mm. feel better about ourselves. You know, yes. that's a dangerous cycle to go on. But yeah, I, I do think it's awesome when people post postpartum pictures. No shame to that. For me personally, it's just a boundary. And I think that there is something to think. Some things are sacred and some things are not meant to be shared with the world. Mm-hmm. And you have to respect people's boundary in that. Well, and I think that that lends itself to something that a lot of people in this space experience, which is like this expectation. Totally. Like, oh, why aren't you talking about this? Why haven't you made a statement, a statement, like, even if you have a thousand followers, people are like, why haven't you talked about this? You know? And totally. so that was similar. It was like, and I remember seeing it, like seeing your post about that and being like, what, why, why is this what we're talking about right now? Like, no, like it's, but it just was... expe- it's like entitlement. It's like ex- expectation. That's the thing. People have this entitlement uh, that you need to share with them your whole life, you know? And like, yes. they deserve to see. And I'm like, hold up. No, this is social media. Like I can share what I want to share and no one's entitled to that. But it's weird because I kind of write about this with fame. Fame is so weird because people do feel entitled to, you know, even whenever people come up to me and say, can we take a picture? And I'm so happy to. And I say, yes. But there have been people who say, take your sunglasses off because they just want me to take my sunglasses off. And I'm like, okay. And then they'll say, or I'll say, can we take a selfie? We're in a hurry. They say, no, we want individual pictures of our whole group. And I'll say, oh, sorry. Like I have to go. Let's take it. And there's this entitlement that you should mm-hmm. do what I need because mm-hmm. like I am, I'm here, I'm asking for it, you know? And I just don't think we should treat any human like they're not human, you know? Like 100%. I think fame is such a weird thing because people idolize people who are the same as them. Like literally if people saw my 24 hour day, they'd be like, wow, we're so similar. Like, you know, we just hang out. Like 
yeah, like I might have a job that is a little different than the next person. But at the end of the day, guess what I'm doing? I'm playing cards and eating pizza. Like I'm just like you, you know? And so there shouldn't be this entitlement. Like think about people need to think about it it, as if it was them. Like, would you want to share that? Do you share everything on your life on social media? Do you want to, you know, do the things that you're asking and requiring someone else to do? I think if you'd ask that self that question, like doing to others as you'd want them to do unto you, you'd probably be like, oh, wait, why am I asking that? That's weird, you know? And it's the pedestal. Like we've, we're putting these very, like humans, we do it with celebrities, we do it with pastors, we do it with influencers. You put them on this pedestal. And then there's, I think it's a James Dobson quote where he says, if you put people on a pedestal, they take a step to the left or the right and they fall off the pedestal. Wow. Like, yeah. That, it, you know, we're putting these people really high up. We're giving them no space for their humanity to exist, no grace. And then we wonder why people crash and burn because yep. they, they, because like, I love your response, like the self-responsible part of social media. Like it's only what you make it. But I do think that there's the component that we're talking about of this expectation and the pressure to keep it up. I think you have to fight that. Like genuinely, just like you have to fight getting stuck. Like I have to fight that like daily, like not letting like what people expect from me be the thing that I always put out. Cause I think that's where influencers get in trouble. They're like, Oh, I have to make a statement because people are asking. So they make the statement or I have to post this picture because people want me to, to see me postpartum. And so they do because they're, they're constantly just responding to what social media needs from them. And, you know, you have to create a healthier relationship in that. Like, just don't do it. Like just mm-hmm. set the boundary. And if people don't like it, to be honest, they'll probably be over it tomorrow. Right. Or they'll unfollow you. And that's okay. Both are know? okay. Yeah. If they want to come back. That's great. I'll still be here. You know, I think you just, I think that's why real life relationships are so important to have. Because when you're selling in your own community, you care about your online community and you love your online community, but you're not just, absolutely distraught when someone mm-hmm. unfollows you or you're not distraught when someone doesn't like what you're saying and even thinking about cancel culture which I know we might touch on but I think the devastating thing when you get canceled online is when your whole world is online and yes. then you don't have anyone in your corner you don't have anyone's house to go to that's why it's so important because Instagram and social media it changes every day. You never know what to expect. The algorithm changes every day. Shoot, you can post a picture and for no reason, it just gets half the likes just because Instagram decided they don't really want to blast it out. And you just yeah. can't let like your joy and your peace and your contentment and your identity be found on something that changes every single day. Amen. We, my husband and I say you can't live and die by the like. Like, Mm, I can't live and die by the, or the numbers or who's following me or who's not. There was a time when I first got started and I'm sure you have like when people, like people that I knew unfollowed me, it'd be like, Oh, Oh, it hurt. It hurt. And And now it's like, Oh my gosh. Where you could like track it. See, that was toxic. So I never needed to see that. You never needed to see that. I know. Yeah. I mean, definitely. And it's the thing. It sounds so like when you're talking about it, you're like, oh, why does it matter? But it does hurt. You know I mean? It, yeah. These are real things, you know, like it does hurt when you, when you get unfollowed by a lot of people or it does hurt when you don't get as many likes and, you know, but, but you can't let it be everything, you know, you exactly. can't, you can't, and I, I'm at the place now where genuinely, I, I genuinely do get followed by a lot of people every day and unfollowed by a lot of people every day. And exactly. it doesn't bother me. It just is what it is. But I'm 10 years in to, you right. know, 
having a large following and I've been able to learn, you know, and navigate through that. And I have to say, I'm at such a good space with social media now because I'm just doing it freely. You know, I'm not one, one of my principles of social media is I don't, you know, post anything needing something from anyone else. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to post something on social media needing something from the online community. I'm posting an overflow. I'm posting um, what's on my heart to share, what I, what I want to share, but not out of like need. And I think that that when you get to that place, there's a lot of freedom that comes with that. Posting from the overflow. That's like really beautiful because shouldn't that like be what it is, right? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, And I mean, it's so easy to get caught up in like where your people are the ones that are getting what's left. You know, totally. that's one of the, my checks is who's getting the most, like who's getting the best of me. Yeah. Is it my Instagram followers or is it my baby? Totally. And that overflow, like when, when, when you live your life, then you have something to say, you know, exactly. but you get into that hole of like, I have no content because you're not living, you know? Yes. And it's okay to not post for a week if you just don't have something to post, you know? 100%. It's okay. Amen. Take like, that freedom. Just, like. just take it. I mean, there are times where I won't post for a week, but where you been? I'm like, honestly, I just don't have a picture. Like, I just yeah. didn't take a picture this week. So yeah. I just I, been doing my thing, you know? Exactly. And that's okay. And there's just, there's just this pressure that if you want to get the following and you want to keep it, then you got to post every single day at this time. And just breathe friends. I mean, you'll burn out doing that. It's just not healthy. Well, and do you, do you trust Jesus with your Instagram? Yes. Oh gosh. It's so good. Literally love that. You just said that one of my favorite scriptures, we used to have it on the wall here and we might still, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, (laughs) the laborers labor in vain. In vain. It's over my computer right now. Are are you serious? I love that. That is like, that is the, the verse of my business. That's it. Us too. We talk about that all the time. And I love how it goes on to say eating the bread of anxious soil. Like if you are trying to build your platform, you will be anxious. You will be burnt out. But then it says, but he gives his beloved sleep. Oh my gosh. What a promise. What a beautiful thing. When God builds the house, you get to sleep. And so that doesn't mean work hard. That doesn't mean don't work hard. It doesn't mean don't show up. Work hard, show up. But at the end of the day, Unless the Lord builds the house, <laughs> the labor is labor in vain. I love Preach. that, girl. We are tracking. I know. I love that's because I did it the other way. Like I did yep. it the hustle. I did it the uh, the numbers. Like gave me the serotonin hit, and like totally. it was everything. And I lost friendships over it. And then it got to this point where I felt like I mean, I heard God be like, "If you want to do this, you gotta let me have it. Wow. Like, if you want to do this, like I believe, like you know, it was like I believe in you. You have the voice. You have the words." You got to let me have it. Come on. And so now like, like it's his, Open like, hand. It's, his. it's his house. I can yep. show up. You know what I mean? Yep. And when it's his, then you don't get offended by what happens. You know, like then the unfollows don't matter because exactly. then you're like, I'm building God's kingdom. I'm trying to build my platform. So if yeah. I go backwards, then that's okay. Because yeah. this is not about my success. This is about the Lord's name being known. I mean, gosh, it really does. When you do stuff for Jesus and you have the backing of Jesus, you don't let the little things if they do. No. It's, it's awesome. Well, and, and that kind of leads us into talking about like cancel culture. I'm sure you get some horrible, like you're, <laughs> this, you're like very sweet and very kind, but like people use the people internet. Are not. <laughs> people are not like they hide behind their screens. They hide behind their keyboards. And I want to kind of talk about like cancel culture and dealing with like the negativity, because I know for me, there are a lot of women that I talk to 
that I think of one in particular where I was like, you need, like, you need, you have a story to tell. Like God has done all these things and so eloquent. And I was like, I'll help you get a podcast up and going if you want, or like, I don't know if you want to write, like, and you don't have to, but if you feel like she's like, no, I've always wanted to. I'm just so scared because people are so mean. Yeah. I mean, that's real. That yeah. is so real. I'm not going to tell you friend out there who wants to start the podcast that people aren't mean. They are yeah. mean. And I'm yeah. not going <laughs> to say you won't get hate. I'll probably just go ahead and say you will. Yeah. Just expect it. Take heart that Jesus said, if they hate you, they hated me first. And you know, I'm really glad he said that. Yes. I might have used to have read that and been like, why? Like, why would they hate you? Why would they hate me? They do, you know, mm-hmm. that happens and it's okay. You know, I, I remember the very first negative comment I ever got. And that just shows you how words do have power. And yeah. this is not even bad. I've gotten a million way worse things said. This is so small in the comparison to mean comments, but I was 15 years old, which makes this story way more right. dramatic. But I'm 15, I'm on Twitter and it says, at legit city Rob, you look like a man. <laughs> And I know that's silly. And I know that's so funny. But I just remember being so shocked that someone would say something so rude. Well, now I I have to say I'm still shocked. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't think and I don't know that I ever want to lose the shock. Yes. You don't want to get like callous to it. No, it's so unhuman to be that rude, in my opinion. People even yesterday on Instagram Live you know, there's so many kind comments, but then there's someone's like, you're only famous because your dad and you, your voice is annoying and all this stuff, you know, because people just want to say something rude and that's just how they are. And that comment and those comments, and those are minor, I've certainly gotten some worse things, but it's in those moments that that's whenever you really have to say, okay, God, like I'm doing this for you. Yeah. And that, that hurt. And it's okay to acknowledge that that hurt. And it's okay to say, that was rude or whatever, but it's not okay to let that be the truth Yes, of who you are. And I think that you do have to guard your heart in the sense and let not let your feelings override the truth. See, even let's take that as an example yesterday. You're only famous because you're that. Okay. I can't let that make me say, man, like I have no worth. Everything I'm doing doesn't even matter. I wouldn't even have this if it wasn't for my dad. Like this is so embarrassing. I wonder what people think. Like I can't go down that trail. No. You know, I have no. to just be like, yeah, cool. That's great. And look at what it led me to and look at what God did with it. So that's great. Like I can't let what they say be the thing or even in the postpartum thing. I remember got some pretty hateful things and I got this DM from this mom who said that her and her family, all of her daughters will be unfollowing me because of how horrible of an example I set and make all of these moms feel so insecure because of how I flaunt my body and all this stuff which I'm going to tell you, if you're going to see finding their body, it's not my Instagram page. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of random, but I remember that getting that comment and I can't let what she said to me be the truth and say, oh my gosh, I'm setting such a horrible example. I need to share more of this hard stuff that- Or not show up anymore. Or not show up. Or why do I even have Instagram? Why do I even right. do this? You know, Because there are some comments that would just take you out. Like oh, there have been 100%. some comments that are so rude that are so horrible, that are so vulgar, that are crazy, that literally make you never want to show up online again. Mm-hmm. There have been times where I've had even soccer situations from mm-hmm. social media where I've gotten just freaky, freaky stuff that I've had to have cops show up at my house every day for a season of my life. I had to have a security yeah. guard live with me at a time of my life. And those are the things people don't know. That's the dark side of social media. And Absolutely. that makes you say, I never want to get online again. But 
because Jesus says, you're the light of the world and you are not meant to be a lamp that's hidden under a sand, but to be on top of the sand and give light to the whole entire house to show, to glorify the father in heaven. Then you say, okay, okay, mm-hmm. God, I'm going to trust, you, you know, mm-hmm. and I can't even tell you how many prayers I pray that the Lord would protect me or that he would guard me. I ask that he would be my rear guard. He would be my the guard of my heart. He would put a canopy, a, a dome around me, a protection. I pray those prayers all the time because there are hurtful things. There are mean mm-hmm. people. There are strange people online and you do need that protection. And so Absolutely. I'm not going to say it doesn't hurt. I'm not going to say it doesn't freak me out sometimes, but I will say that it's worth it. And I will say that God has protected me and he's never failed me when it comes to protecting my heart or healing my heart from a wound that I've had online. That's amazing. It, the enemy would really love it if an ugly comment sidelined you. Yeah, like you, that'd totally. be such a win for the enemy. Oh, That's what, he's gonna try to take you out. I get very competitive with the enemy, and I'm like, oh, like you want to go? Like, I, what's that? What's, the, what's that scene from The Office where he's like, I'm just gonna date your mom harder? Oh I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna come. Like, you're trying to take me out. That's like, literally me. My <laughs> husband starts laughing, and I get like, I get so competitive as well. Like at passion conference, I was about to speak, and I ended up getting COVID in the flu. And like my husband thinks I'm going to be like crying and sad. I was like, oh, he chose the wrong person. I was like, really? You're going to give me the code and the flu? Watch me preach this online more powerful than I do it in person. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm like, I love it. It's a fight. It's a battle. Don't let him win. But if you're seeing it as a fight that that you don't even really, like, I don't even really have to fight it, right? Like God fights my battles for me. Like I just got to show up. You just got to show up. Yeah. That's so true. And when you see God fight on your behalf, you're glad you showed up because you're like, yes. that was so cool. Yes. Like, you get to see a miracle after miracle when you put yourself in the position that you need a miracle, you know? And yes. I mean, to be honest, from the flesh, I would have thought it would have crumbled by now. I would have thought mm. I would have been out yeah. of the game. I'm pretty sensitive. Well, at least it used to be. I had pretty much grown some thick skin now, but I used yeah. to be sensitive. And now I'm like, wow, like, look at what God has done, you know? And there's a, there's a verse I love, a quote all the time, Hebrews 10, 35, it says, So then do not forget the confident trust you have in the Lord for that will be richly rewarded. And I love that verse because that confident trust only comes from being able to trust and to be able to trust, you have to have had reasons to do that. You have to have Mm -hmm. seen like a consistent pattern in someone's life to trust that person. And because I've seen God show up so many times and be my defender and be my protector and be my healer and be the power in my life, I trust him so much. Yes. And so, yeah, man, it's so worth it. And I hope as people are listening to this, if you hear us saying anything, like there's this common theme of like, when we let God do it, yes. there is so much freedom to walk into it. And yes. so, and that's anything, anything in life, anything. And there's so much like fears. There's so much pressure in life, but like surrendering that to God and letting him do it puts you in the position to see God in the coolest ways and yes. in the position to be able to walk into scary things and do it freely. Amen. I want to, last thing I wanted to touch on, because I think we could probably talk. We probably could. I'm going to drive to Baton Rouge one day. I'm down. You just let me know. What have you ever, have you ever encountered cancel culture? Yeah, my family has. I won't say I have particularly. My family did years ago when Doug Dynasty was at its height. And my grandpa said something that was really shouldn't have been said. And it was hurtful to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. when he said that, we totally got canceled. 
I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nervous laughter. But um, I mean, so many deals that we had canceled. I was about to be the new face of this very large thing canceled. Um, my parents are about to be the face of this other brand canceled. They actually almost took us off the air. And then what was crazy was like the church fought for us so much and like the world because they loved our show that they were going to like take us off or take my grandpa off of our show. And it was kind of funny. So people sent like rubber duckies to um, A&E's headquarters and they got like flooded with rubber duckies. And like some of the stores that took all of our stuff out, people complained so much they put it all back in. And I will say like we learned a lot from that. Obviously like the cancellation like hurt and that definitely like what was hard about it was something my grandpa said made all of us get canceled. And I think like, you know, I remember saying this at the time, like, what if everything your grandpa said was as if it came out of your mouth? You know, it's like, it's like, even if you don't, didn't say it, or maybe you don't even agree, or maybe you don't even say it like that. Like you are in, just because you're in relationship with that person. And that's the hard thing nowadays is like, if someone gets canceled and you are like remotely in relationship with them, like you get canceled and that's why people don't stand up for each other. But what was cool about my family is like my family did not let that stop us from standing up for my grandpa. And like we were behind him because he's our grandpa. We love him. And like we were with him. That doesn't mean we agree with him. That doesn't mean that we believe that that should have been said. But he's my grandpa. So we loved him. And people just because they didn't agree maybe with what he said, still loved our family and wanted us to be on the air. And so guess what? We still were on the air for a Mm -hmm. lot more seasons. And that just shows the power of not letting the world cancel you, of standing up for your people, standing up for what you believe in, even if you're scared. And I think that's the hard thing about cancel culture is it makes you scared to stand up for anything, Yes. but it's always (laughs) worth it. And I don't want to be the person who won't stand up for my friend who gets canceled because I'm scared it'll happen to me. I want to be able to say like, Hey, that was dumb. Or that person shouldn't have done that. But like, this is a good person. I love this person. I'm with this person. Because the more people that do that, it kind of cancel culture loses its effect, you know, but it's interesting because cancel culture has been a thing since Jesus's day. Honestly, um, Jesus crucifixion is a result of cancel culture, a mob mentality that decided that he was done, that he did too much and he was going to be canceled and Jesus died. And, you know, that might have been the ultimate cancellation, but Jesus conquered cancel culture because Jesus rose back from the grave and then invited us all literally a way out of cancel culture for a hope of a future and a hope of redemption. And so the gospel is the ultimate hope in the midst of cancel culture. And I tried to relay that in the book, but yeah, we've experienced that and seen some hardship from that, but also seen some beautiful aspects as a hope to get out of it. Well, and I'm sure it it made y'all closer, like going through anything like that. Totally. And I think one of the things that I've, so that's, an interesting situation where something that maybe shouldn't have been said was said. I think the unfortunate reality is that 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 was a while ago, wasn't it? That was, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Today, like you're getting canceled for loving Jesus, for saying there are two genders, for like saying these things that are like very like that we shouldn't be apologizing for. And totally. the thing that I always say is like, they can't cancel you if you, if you don't let them. Like we're watching yep. people apologize for saying things that I'm like, that's what it's I don't in the like. Bible. Like that's what I don't like. Yes, I don't like that. Because that's the problem with cancel culture. The, the effect we're letting it have is we're going back on our word. Yes. And to me, I'm like, no, <laughs> there there are truths of the Bible that are truth. You know, yes. it's not relative truth. It's not 
my truth, your truth. It's the truth. Like Jesus right. Christ says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So if it's something out of Jesus's mouth, that's true, you know? Yep. And if you get canceled for it, you're in good company. Your, you're you're in great company. You're <laughs> like, in the company of Jesus, you know? Exactly. And so I totally agree with you. I think that's where it gets tricky is cancel culture. It's if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And mm-hmm. if I just don't want it to happen from a misunderstanding, if it happens to me ever from something I said that actually is what I truly believe in an alliance with Jesus, so be it. But yes. if it happens from something that is like, I didn't even say that, that's when it right. gets hard. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. And that's, you did, you physically didn't even say it. Like in the words, it wasn't even a misunderstanding. Like 15. <laughs> I know. Right. I was like, wait, what? How did I just what, get canceled? Why is everybody mad at me? What is happening? <laughs> totally. Well, Sadie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat about, like, this is whether you have a platform or not. Whether you even like show up on Instagram or not, this is going to impact your life in some form or fashion. If not for you, for your kids, because your Mm. kids are probably going to have, who even knows what social media is going to look like. (laughs) Totally. I can't even imagine, but your book is out and people can get it wherever they get books and keep up with you online. And we're so thankful for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for just having such a real podcast. Like it's so refreshing. It's so fun to talk to you and I appreciate being on your platform. You're so kind. Thank you. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.